Hello, baby. What's good, humans? It's the Fact Daddy and his experience. Yeah, you can just see the joy of my aura oozing out auditorily, right? Yeah, whatever. Anyway... So I watched Halloween Ends, and if you heard my Halloween Kills review, it was basically motherfuckers move out of Haddonfield. You go to Haddonfield, he's going to kill your ass. But this movie was uh, almost like terrible in a good way. Like I, I felt it was bad good, as I call it. It was bad good like uh, The Nun. <laughs> Uh, to explain my position, like, I enjoy The Nun as a film, but it's a piece of shit. The Halloween Ends is slightly above that, and unfortunately, they didn't put enough time in with Jamie Lee Curtis, in my opinion. Although this movie is more a swan song for Laurie Strode than anything. So if you, you know, like Laurie Strode, then, you know... The last 15 or 20 minutes of the movie are uh, worth the creepy CW homeless randomly possessing minds slash a shadow of his boogeyman self Michael Myers because he's whack as fuck in this movie it takes place four years later it has some weird CW plot with a guy who looks like a mix of Leonard from the Big Bang Theory and who the fuck was the other guy oh Will Graham from Hannibal TV series I don't remember the name of that actor but (laughs) uh, that actor uh Whose character's name is Corey And I don't know the actor who portrays Corey I do know That the little segue of Deranged Killer romance That took place in the film Was like highly fucked up and disturbing You know Um Yeah this thing's full of spoilers I don't give a shit I've been watching these movies for years I feel I've earned the right to eviscerate the last film, even though I still enjoyed it, because it's a bad, good movie. It's not meant to be, you know, something that enlightened you as it regards humanity, you know. Um, If anything, it's just cathartic, but it's definitely an ending. I don't see a need for them to resurrect Michael Myers ever again. Halloween Kills is the best Halloween movie, because it lets him just fuck people up endlessly. And this is more like the swan song of Laurie Strode. Uh, I mean, I could go on, but honestly, uh, the initial like hour was very weird for me. I'm like, what is this shit like? And and they bring some little modern things in, but I mean, it is funny, you know. The kid Corey gets bullied by the marching band. It's, what like? <laughs> uh, what era have I moved to where? You know, the marching band is is a threat. Like, not to disrespect anyone in a marching band. I mean, for all I know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of kids across the nation might be able to kick the shit out of me nowadays. Who knows? I highly doubt it. Nonetheless, hilarious 
And then, you know, what the fuck's up with Michael Myers and Corey anyway? It didn't it didn't make a lot of sense, man. Like, they went to throwback stupid horror. Like, you know, not that the Halloween Kills was brilliant, but in terms of uh, seeing the character exhibit some of his full power, that's what made that fucking cool. And, of course, there's body count, which is a great thing in a horror film. Um, yeah, there was a body count in this one, but you kind of lost pace with it with the weird plotting and, you know, it was somewhat painful for me to watch, um, especially because I love the last one so much, but hey, um, it's over and, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis was in everything, everywhere, all at once. So, I mean, you know, she doesn't have anything to make up for. Uh, she did her part in this movie brilliantly. I loved her in the movie. I I love her character. And um, that's not going to change from this movie. If anything, like I said, because it's a bad, good movie, I can watch it and laugh at the level of stupidity that's being exhibited in the form of so-called storytelling. Uh, normally, I'm not this vicious or brutal, but, like, I don't know. I'm into this slow-living existence where you just sort of notice everything because I can't speak for anyone else out there on this fucking weird ass planet but everything always seems like a blessing and a curse simultaneously at all times in life things that are fucked up and hurt and whack that happen to you all of a sudden something else opens up and it's good for you so life is really weird and there's these constant openings and closings this was a definite close. It wasn't the best way to go out. But like I said, the last 20 minutes are kind of sexy, even though, you know, you could still argue about it all day long on a Marvel comic book level where, you know, just the supernatural history of this particular character is never definitively clarified and never makes sense. Um... You know, they tried to make sense of Freddy Krueger with the demon history and, you know, he made demonic deals and, you know, he had these urges and the sacrifices allowed him to kill, blah, blah, blah. And also, you know, his mom was a nun who was raped by a hundred insane guys in an insane asylum. So, Freddy Krueger's got a pretty fucked up backstory. <laughs> I mean, uh, to say the least... Um, I don't think that you could even like kind of come out with a story that fucked up today, you know, uh, upon ruminating on it, you know, but every, everyone has a different point of view and that's acceptable. Like most people would categorize the matrix as science fiction. They would categorize idiocracy as a comedy. I categorize both of them as horror movies. Um, and a lot of the energy and feeling of the modern day, uh, due to our cleverness and technological advances, you know, there also seems to just be, it's like we're in the idiocratic matrix. Um, it's like a blend of idiocracy meets the matrix, you know, nothing is real and everyone is stupid. <laughs> so anyway... That's how I felt about the movie. I mean, I don't really have a lot more to say because, you know, I haven't watched it again. I, I did laugh hysterically at various points, but I'm sure I'll find different ones funny just as I do in The Nun. Um, 
you know, disjointed, weird storytelling just for the fuck of it doesn't really work for me. Like, because I just couldn't follow remotely on any rational level the plot of this fucking movie. It was just, like, really fucking dumb. But I enjoyed the shit out of it, but not for any good reason. It's, like, why you enjoy bad shit, and you're like, yeah, and then you start to die from it. Um, (laughs) But every once in a while, something crappy... It's a good, I call spacer for, like, deeper things. You know, you need a blend of everything in in this fucking half-baked universe in order to center your being. So, you know, I give it a D- as a movie, basically almost an F, but as a bad good movie, it's it's like almost, it's like an A-plus almost. Because really, you know, you got legendary characters here. It has a history. And uh, even though the plot was, like, painful, um, nonetheless, you know, I enjoyed it. It was humorous in its depths of fucking utter stupidity. So, you know, I'll probably be watching Halloween Kills far more than that. And I'll probably be watching either. Not very much. Um, Do love Halloween Kills. Not retracting that in any way, shape, form, whatso-fucking-ever. I'm just saying, there's stuff that, you know... it. This stuff exists to help you gap um, high-content stuff. Um, or just stuff that would make you think more than you normally do. Um, anyway. I don't really have much more to say about that, so I guess I'm going to just bl- make this like a blend... Like, I use that as a springboard to go into the peripheral. Um, the peripheral is super cool. Uh, I'm kind of amazed that they actually fucking did this thing. Because, uh, really, it's um, it's weird. Because uh, William Gibson is not... He, he's not really someone I think would be easy to adapt uh, as far as a show you know, format, I mean, very difficult, and I believe the same could be said for Bruce Sterling, Stanislaw Lem, even though they tried to do a Lem film with George Clooney in it, uh, I think they made two versions, it was called Solaris, I believe, but Stanislaw Lem, who, as far as I am aware, I could be wrong, humans do tend to err, and even the programs that they use not to err will err. <laughs> anyway, um, I believe Stanislaw Lem was a Polish science fiction author, but he wrote some really cool books, including Memoirs in the Bathtub. But anyway, um, William Gibson wrote this book, The Peripheral, and. Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, the executive producers of one of my favorite shows ever, Westworld, are involved in it, and it is very fucking cool. Uh, You have the girl from Kick-Ass 1 and 2, and she was great in those films, by the way. Uh, Those movies are seriously fucked up. I love it. Anything that Mark Millar touches or is involved with is pretty crazy. He's a uh, 
a writer in the comics industry. Great. He does great shit. I'm a big fan of his anyway. She's in this as Flynn. And she lives in a little booty ass Appalachian town or whatever. She's pretty smart. Her brother Burton. uh, He does weird shit with virtual reality for money. Um, And he was hired to do a job. However... He was hired because of Flynn's performance. She hit like 107 play level on something. So, uh, she goes to work. And I got to tell you, man, the way that this this show is set up, the layout of this show, I mean, it's very smart. It picks up on little nuances. Um, I like the nuances. They're exciting. And, of course, you know, she plays the game for him. Now, I've only seen the first episode. I know a second one has already aired. Yada, yada, yada. Wubba, wubba, wubba. God bless. That's from downtown Julie Brown in the 80s. If you don't know what the fuck that is, there's Google and YouTube. Moving on. So, she starts playing the game for him. They start her out on a motorcycle. And she's doing it because she needs money to get her mom's pills. Some pills called Tamasine. Uh, it seems like her mother is blind. It's a thousand bucks a pill or an equivalent of. Um, Cashew still, well, I was, I'm saying still as though it currently is, but um, it will be eventually, you know, uh, taboo. Going to an ATM is taboo. So basically, if you're paying cash or something, it's implied that you don't want it traced or tracked and that, you know, you're involved in something illicit, which is kind of the climate of cash now. It's just not really discussed. Um, some people prefer cash, obviously, small businesses particularly, because, you know, they're fucking struggling. Anyway, back to my blah, blah. So, um, what I was just talking about was uh, there's a scene where Flynn gets cash from an ATM, and this cop, Tommy, who I guess she has a crush on, is uh, talking to her about, you know, the use of the ATM. Um the gaming levels are pretty intense. Um, I like how it's shown in the show. Um, it's very interesting, like visually, the way it was directed. I liked how it looked. Um, it gave you a, a spatial sense of like the scene and the VR and just levels of gaming evolution. Being an ancient fuck like I am, um, you know... I remember being very young and not really understanding Pong, but that's, you know, shit was Pong. You know, a game that was, like, insane at the time, Double Dragon, and then, you know, they kept elevating it, like, with the sculpts and the three-dimensionality, like, you know, you had uh, Tomb Raider and all that shit. So, I've seen, you know, the notion of gaming evolve, even, uh... That uh fucking Ernest Klein novel that became a Steven Spielberg movie, um, Ready something. I forgot what it. Oh, Ready Player One. Right. I love Ready Player One because of, you know the exploration, the nostalgia, and the discussion of you know games, worlds, the construction and building of worlds of imagination. I mean, that's why Minecraft's like one of the greatest selling games, if not the greatest selling game of all time. It's not because they present the world to you, it's because they let you present yourself to the world and then remake it in your image. Even uh 
my preference for Saints Row over Grand Theft Auto. And yes, that's a real thing. Why? Well, because, you know, you slap people with giant purple dildos and make sharks come out of the ground and eat motherfuckers. I find that amusing. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot more amusing and plus, they're off the wall. Like, Saints Row 4, still, I love the Matrix aspect. You run around like you're in the fucking Matrix, just fucking shit up. Because you're in a simulation, and, you know, the aliens taking over the world. It's totally, like, so stupidly ridiculous that it's brilliant. And I do not hate the new game. I like it very much. And I know it's an odd segue, but we're talking the peripherals, so fuck it. It's it, about gaming. And, um... You know, the new Saints Row game is pretty cool, but I feel like they hit their zenith with that Saints Row 4 because they didn't, they weren't encumbered by anything. There, there was a sense of freedom in their creativity and what they did. So, I really appreciate the gaming aspects of the show, and you know, the story gets so weird because you know, um, the things they do with Flynn. When she's, uh, you know, pretending to be this person and she's listening to this voice and uh, she has this socialite target um, and she has to get with the target. Now, the crazy part is she, she does this mission and um, she does this mission and she meets the voice and then the voice, the voice is crazy. Um, and when she meets the... Uh, you know, the voice, it's crazy. Like, the whole scene where she had, you know, she she's pretending to be Burton, so she looks like Burton. She, you know, makes out with the socialite. Um, all those little things. And then the battle in the car with the socialite's AI driver. And then <laughs> uh, meeting the voice and the voice saying that, you know... The world will end in 10 years. Um, and, you know, um, and then she asked, how would that change her life or whatever? Um, but, you know, who knows, man? I think that's weird. Um, Then there's this weird scene where this guy named Connor, uh, who's a drunk and in this wheelchair, manages to, like, basically out-bully these bullies who were the drug dealers that Flynn was going to get the Thomas in for a blind mother for. Uh, this guy is pretty amazing. Um, and these kids in the group, including one named Cash and one named Jasper, um... They have to deal with Mr. Pickett. And Mr. Pickett is the dude who played Dolores' dad in Westworld. And he is so fucking kooky and badass in this. Um, I guess his full name would be Uncle Cordell Pickett or Cordell Pickett. And he's the uncle of either Cash or Jasper. I didn't focus that much because I think they're douchebags. But, you know, I'll pay closer attention next episode. Anyway, um... So, it also turns out that Burton was giving his pills to the mom, and he was suffering. He was in some sort of special combat unit thing, so I don't know what his story is. Um, then, 
uh, <laughs> when uh, Flynn goes back in, um, you know, she gets the socialite's eye implanted. And, I mean, that's just fucking... It was kind of gross. You know it's a rubber eye or a AI eye or computer digitally enhanced eye, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But it was an eye, man. And that shit was wrong. It was fucked up. But anyway, um, then also she gets wiped out in the, in the story. And then also I completely skipped a huge part that was like two seconds. But then, it, you know, this girl named Alicia or Alicia, something along those lines. She's... You see her as a kid talking to this dude. And later on, you know, she you see that she's the one trying to get Flynn's help. And, and you know, it's just like really weird. Like with the because even I, I called it the girl, the, the socialite, the muting lady. Um, because she did like one of those clap on, clap off, silencing people. Like, she muted everyone around her so she could talk to, you know, Flynn as Burton's avatar. And I thought that was really incredible. Not because uh, she did it, but because it's like, doesn't that feel like it's right around a corner? You know? Um, and I mean, geez. Um I suppose that's the new frontier of privacy right there, right? Just the capacity and the ability to, to shut off anyone else's capacity and the ability to observe or hear you in any way that would intrude upon whatever you're doing in the moment. What would make that weird, though, is how does that impact recording? Wouldn't that be interesting if celebrities could just clap and then anyone who they didn't want to take a picture of them or photograph no not photograph or record them couldn't record them because they're their own copyrighted image i mean we've gone we're going to this level of obscenity we might as well just dabble and dance in the belly of the beast while we're here anyway i think it's a cool fucking show man i'm excited as shit because you know um westworld season four ended and i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna see much or or any of that until you know maybe 2024 if we're lucky next year i mean um so for now i'm, I'm definitely rocking with the peripheral um i'm also going to be talking about a bunch of other shit um there's been some great drops as of late um, Chainsaw Man dropped. Uh, you know, I'll be talking about that separately. Um, what the fuck else happened? I have a terrible memory. I'm sorry. Um, I know Chainsaw Man was a super awesome. Oh, and the Serpent Queen. And um, if I think of anything else, obviously you'll hear my boring ruminations of it. Um, oh, I'll probably just toss in a. a a promo for this game I really like called The Cult of the Lamb. I already beat it. Um, it was insane. Um, I'm shocked they allowed them to make it. I mean, it is an indie game, but nonetheless, like, you're this slaughtered lamb who's resurrected. Wow. Talk about a brain fart. Resurrected, goddammit. The lamb is resurrected after he's murdered uh, by the this, you know, he who waits below. 
and uh, I might have added the below. That's how I I, I do weird shit sometimes because it's like he who waits or he who waits below whatever so you know you gotta like develop a cult for him um because he saved your life so you know you go from there and you gotta feed people in the cult and do all this weird shit but the game gets fucking super weird man and uh it's kind of enjoyable because you you know you start to think of the origins of uh, various religions or just the origins of human beings working together for a common goal and you know thinking about cult-like behavior and you know when you interact with other human beings you do have to demonstrate some albeit or all bet um, whatever you know you have to there's some mimicry involved there's something that you do when you interact with other human beings whether you repeat a phrase back to them there's this exchange of information that allows the other person to understand that you understand right so when you're looking at the layout and you're playing this game and they're like you know you gotta do rituals to get the approval because you need their devotion to develop strength and, and strength allows you to open up different things so you can build more farm land better housing and all and it's just like weird because you're kicking a lot of ass but then you're fishing in it so i mean it, it does combine like multiple gaming elements but that kind of breaks the monotony in either direction Cause then like, you know, like I would just farm, take care of these idiot cult members. Um, and it gets weird. Sometimes they try to kill you. Sometimes you got to throw motherfuckers in prison. You got to think about composting human bodies. I mean, you know, that's actually like a topic out there, you know, composting human bodies. Like, uh, it's weird, man. Cause if we're so scientifically advanced then the life cycle requires fossil fuels from the corpses of human beings among other organisms then you know what is the biggest issue is it that we're trying to give sanctity to a position of something that's no longer a living thing and you know the attachment to that is so profound that it's irrelevant what happens to future energy sources I don't fucking know dude I feel like everyone has a right to their point of view, but it, it was interesting that they, they put it in the fucking game and that, you know, in small circles, it's it's a topic of discussion. Anyway, um, that's enough of my bullshit for now. Uh, I appreciate every person who knew old or whatever, take some time out of their day to listen to my bullshit. Um, and that's really kind of the only reason I do it. <laughs> so for the three of you out there, wherever you are, in whatever country you are, know that deep within my meta-cosmic conscious heart, I realize that we are all deeply and intimately connected, not just as particles and molecules and atoms, but as a singular living entity deluding itself into thinking it is the multitude that is transparent and transient, whereas it is just infinitude embedded in all that is reflected in life <clears throat> bullshit anyway um <laughs> so yeah the game is fucking cool it makes you kind of just you know it, it makes me think about shit like that i find it very interesting anyway stay safe 
Um, be well. Try not to lose your mind. Um, life will get crazier. Um, just do the best you can and just enjoy whatever it is you truly enjoy and enjoy it to the depths of your being as though you'll never enjoy it again. And then life might be a little better. That's all the good advice I got. Is it that daddy? Love people. Take care. I'm out. Peace.